Welcome to episode 24 of the Zay Coleman Podcast. Today we'll be previewing five teams that will surprise fans next season. First team we'll talk about is the Houston Rockets. Now, it might not come as a surprise because this, you know, is a well-rounded team. A lot of young guys mixed with a couple really good veterans and John Wall and Eric Gordon. But I think this team has the potential, again, that keep that awkward P word, potential to be a playoff team. And this this isn't me, you know, me trying to be, you know, all dilly-dally with the Houston Rockets or whatever. But at the same time, you look at this roster up and down, and there isn't a glaring weakness, I should say, outside of experience. And even then, you still, like I mentioned earlier, a couple of really solid veterans in, you know, John Wall and an Eric Gordon, who will get playing time on this this team if not traded this offseason. But you know, on the top of on top of you know the having two veterans, they have some pretty decent pros. Like they have you know some stuff that you know they can take as positives going into next season. They're a very athletic team and a very high octane offensive team. Now again. Not a whole lot of defense on this team. And even then, you still got a Jason Tate, a John Wall, who's still a really good defender, even after the injuries. KJ Martin showed he was one of the best shot blockers in the league last year, despite not having the most playing time in the league last year. He really proved to be a solid defensive anchor back there for Houston. You know, KPJ isn't terrible on defense. Granted, isn't a lockdown, but he, you know, he'll slide his feet every now and then. He'll, he'll slide his feet. Like, this team isn't a terrible defensive team, but it's a really good offensive team. And I think that's just enough to maybe sneak into the play-in next year, in the ninth, 10 seed, maybe. I don't think that they get an actual playoff spot, but it's still something to grow from. They're better than the Kings. They're better than the Timberwolves. You know, they're, in my opinion, better than probably Portland. Who knows? They're definitely better than LKC. I can, you know, sit better than San Antonio. I can see them snagging that, you know, ninth or tenth seed as a play-in, and maybe even upsetting a team if, you know, the day calls for it. They can probably match up with a Dallas, to be honest, especially if, you know, Porzingis is down late in the year that, like, he wants to be, apparently. Um, like I said, this, even the Clippers. I have the Clippers as one of my five teams, but say, you know, PG is out 15, 20 games next year, you know, knock on wood. But if Paul George is out, then maybe the Clippers slide, and that might be Houston's spot. You know, you you never know what what the what the Western Conference, the Grizzlies, they like I said, I they I've mentioned a couple of times they've taken a, multiple steps back in you know in this rebuild and already looking to trade Dylan Brooks. Are you stupid? Again, sidetrack. Houston really has the potential to be an eighth or ninth seed next year, and I'm all I'm here for it. They're and here's the crazy thing, for the most part, they're built organically. It's not a super, like, you know, four superstars came together to sign with the Houston Rockets. No, they built through the draft. They built through, you know, undesirable trades. <clears throat> John Wall. You know, Eric Gordon isn't the best, is probably one of the worst contracts in the league, to be honest with you. But they still built a really, really good team around. They, you know, got Christian Wood basically on a bargain. You know, Jay Sean Tate, undrafted rookie. KJ Martin, undrafted rookie. Uh, you know, KPJ, they got basically, again, at a bargain, literally is this basically for a second-round pick. You know, Jalen Green was their own draft pick. They didn't trade for the number two pick in the draft. They That's where they landed in the lottery. Like, 
you can question their methods of maybe, you know, tanking or whatever. But at the end of the day, it worked. And really, they only tanked for a year because we'll forget they were a playoff team in 2019. The playoff team to number two draft pick in a year. It only took them one year to, to get their franchise guy in Jalen Green. And even then, they have an arguable potential franchise guy in KPJ, who's literally, you know, they basically signed him almost. They signed him basically. It wasn't even a – they traded for a second-round pick, which was like a basically a protected second-round pick, which ain't going to matter much because with the Cavs, they don't know how to get young guys to save their life. It – Evan Mobley basically fell to them. This is basically what I'm saying. Is Evan Mobley fell to them, but let's not act like they, you know, if <laughs> they were going to go all out to go get a, a star in a draft. No, they just happen to be one of the worst teams in the league, and they have been for the past four, three, three years. Three years from Colin, Colin Sexton draft, drafting Garland, drafting Okoro, drafting Mobley. Getting Allen, you would think this team was prime and ready for the, you know, a superstar year. But in reality, they'll be back in the lottery next year. In reality, again, this it might change. Garland and Sexton might actually turn into the next Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum after all. Maybe, probably not. Again, <laughs> I am rambling like crazy. But Houston... Boom, Houston is, you know, Houston will be one of the better young teams in the league. Who knows, maybe if they're one of the better teams, but definitely better one of the better young teams. Number two, might be come off as controversial, but the Washington Wizards, I think, would be really decent next year. And here's why. This team is already surprisingly deep. When you look at the Wizards roster, you don't see a whole lot of household names. But then you look at their, they have a rotation of Dinwiddie, Beal, probably Rui Hachimura, Davis Bertans, Thomas Bryant. Off of the bench, Aaron Holiday, who's a really solid, you know, point guard off the bench, plays defense, can play and make a little bit athletic, you know, still somewhat raw, but I think he does have, he does have the IQ to be a solid backup point guard. They have Denny Adia, Adia you know, they drafted last year, he's, Probably going to be out for a few games this season because of the, you know the he had that ankle injury last year. Still disgusting to even think about. They you know they have Kyle Kuzma who again isn't a superstar, but let's not act like he didn't average like 17 points a game his rookie year. Basically, he was you know a he was a key piece to this that that Lakers uh, young core before they get got LeBron and started shipping everybody out. But it's, it's crazy to think that, you know, Kyle Kuzma, while, again, I do kind of think he's overrated. He's not really overrated. He's more of a, you know, he's a over overhyped, I guess might be the word for it. But even then, it's not because now that he's with the Wizards, you, you rarely ever see Kyle Kuzma in the news anymore. Or even, you know, on ESPN or Bleacher Report or whatever. Like, you won't ever see a, a Kyle Kuzma, you know, in a, a scandal with the Wizards. But him with the Lakers, he's basically going to lose every day for something stupid he did. But Washington, they have the right mix of proven talent and solid veterans who are solid to really, really good veterans. Really, honestly, 
great veterans if you look at Bradley Beal. They, you know, get Gafford off the bench again, not a veteran, but still a really solid young guy, especially on the defensive end. They actually have a decent amount of really good defenders on this team. You know, they have a Denwitty, they have a Holiday, they have a, a Denny Abdia who can play defense, they have a, um, a Thomas Bryant who's solid, okay shot blocker. Daniel Gafford, probably one of the more underrated defending bigs in the league, in my opinion. You know, they, like they, they have solid defenders on this. Whether they can put it together or not, that's on them. That's on coaching, you know, management, all of that. But they also have a few, few really good shooters in this in that rotation. And Rui, Beal, well, and Devil I guess, and uh, Davis Bertans. Again, a couple of years ago, one of the best three-point shooters in the league. I get last year he struggled, A, injuries, and B, he got paid finally. So that might have been, you know, an issue for Washington. But, you know, I, I don't necessarily hate the fact that Davis Bertans, he could, Davis Bertans could have a season where, like he did two years ago, where he's genuinely one of the best shooters in the league, averaging like 15 points a game, basically off of straight three-pointers. But I, I like Washington. They have a, a decent mix of, of defense and offense that I think, in the Eastern Conference, mind you, could land them at the bare minimum play-in spot. Next for the Indiana. Next is the Indiana Pacers. Again, kind of controversial because you know they're about to trade Jeremy Lamb. Sadly, T.J. Warren probably doesn't want to come back to this team. They traded Aaron Holiday for Isaiah Jackson, who probably won't play because they have a ridiculous amount of bigs over there. Miles Turner is probably gone. Sabonis is not as good as people I might, I might you might think he is. Miss Yuko Gabadate from the jump. This team looks like a mess. And on top of paying Rick Carlisle, you know, basically, he just Rick Carlisle basically just didn't want to be in Dallas anymore. It wasn't a, a thing where he was questioning his desire to coach. He just didn't want to be in, in Dallas. And that's okay. Just be a man and say you don't want to be there anymore. That's all. That's really all you have to do. Anyway, Indiana also made my least favorite pick of the first round in Chris Duarte, which, again, I don't question Chris Duarte's talent. I question the fact that he's 24, will be 25 by the end of his quote-unquote development year. Where you'll see a Jalen Green, a Kay Cunningham, a uh, Evan Mobley, guys like that who will be basically 19, almost 20 next year. Be 25. You won't get nearly as much in a prime of a Chris Duarte as you probably would get out of, I don't know, James Booknight or even a. Sorry, my headphones cut out. So, yeah, the Indiana Pacers, again, Chris Duarte, not a fan of the pick, but all in all, this team, if they stay together and stay healthy, this team is uh, not as, again, probably in the same position they were last year, probably in the play in. But they're also fighting with. You know, they're fighting with the Hornets. They're fighting with the Wizards again. They're fighting with the Chicago, who will be better. Cleveland, who might surprise people. You know, the, obviously there are about six to maybe probably six locks in the Eastern Conference. Obviously, with the play-in is obviously going to be six anyway. What you look at, Philly's a lock. Milwaukee's a lock. Chances are Atlanta's a lock. New York's a lock. Brooklyn's a lock. And 
a healthy Chicago. That's that's the other six, the sixteen I was thinking about. The other you know team they'll be there that they're that's a lock in the Eastern Conference is probably Chicago if they stay healthy. Living up to potential, I think, would be them being a top six seed. So again, you're fighting with you know Charlotte team. They're, you're fighting with you know. Uh, give or take, are you fighting with the Cavaliers? You're fighting with a team that, again, might disappoint like the Hawks. They might be a fifth, sixth seed next year. You never know. Fighting with another team that I have on this list, spoiler alert. You can probably guess who the, the, the third team, third Eastern Conference team is. But point is, the you know, Pacers are fighting with a lot of players, but are fighting with a lot of teams, but they have a decent amount of players to make it work. They have Brogdon, who's still a twenty ten guy basically for them. Sabonis did all those numbers. Miles Turner, one of the best defensive bigs in the league who can shoot, mind you. T uh, TJ Warren, again, in his right mindset. Average twenty with Phoenix, came over to Indiana, balled out, became a meme for being one of the best players in the bubble. And even the, like it's still a solid team. Indiana, you know, they have Jeremy Lamb. He's, you know, again, Jeremy Lamb, again, in his right mindset, is probably a 16 to 17 point per game score off the bench. I truly believe that. If he is coming off the bench next year, which he may or may not for Indiana, but he will for some team. He's a six-man-of-the-year candidate. And spoiler, that'll, that'll probably be a, a week or two from now. I'll probably give my predictions. He will be one of the three six-men-of-the-year for me. At least contenders, I should say, because TJ TJ McConnell off the bench also for the Pacers. If he's the sixth man, and they you know they run Brogdon at the one and uh, Lamb at the two, TJ McConnell is also a sixth man of the year candidate for me, believe it or not. But again, that's neither here nor there. The other Eastern Conference team earlier is I I'm I'm going to catch flack because this is my favorite team, but the Detroit Pistons I think genuinely have a shot. And here's why. This team lost so many close games last year. It was unbearable how many two-point games, three-point games, five-point games that I sat through. Game winners, like game buzzer-beating misses that I had to sit through last year just in tears because I know this team could be so good. We just needed a closer. And Kate Cunningham that lives up to his rookie potential, just lives up to that expectation, could be that closer for Detroit stat. And again, you don't really want to expect that out of a rookie, but hey, Luka Doncic did it. I don't see why he can't. Uh, I don't see why Kate couldn't. And that's kind of his comparison is Luka Doncic. But I can totally see. Cade bringing this team to the playoffs in his rookie year. There will be a statue outside of Little Caesars Arena with Cade, light skin to Cade Cunningham with his kid right next to him. Trust me, he leads this team to the playoffs. There will be a statue of Cade Cunningham outside of Detroit. And trust me, he will deserve it. We have a young superstar here, folks. But this isn't supposed to be the Cade Cunningham show, this is supposed to be the Detroit Pistons show. Cade is awesome. This team is so deep that we're about to trade our our first round pick from two years ago. That's how deep this team is. Crazy enough, Sekou is about to get traded. Sadly, and again, because this team, you again, you look at the names on this team, and they look nothing like a playoff team. Frank Jackson, 
Josh Jackson, Jaleel Okafor, uh, Kelly Olenek, Jeremy Grant. That looks like the most mis... mis like, the most... They honestly the most ridiculous team to you ever think of. But in reality, these guys are hoopers. Josh Frank Jackson was one of the more underrated surprises of the last year. Six men in the in my opinion was a six man of the year candidate because of how good he was. But at the end of the day, he didn't get a whole lot of plans. And that's not even mentioning our first round pick from last year, Killian Hayes, he's only gonna get better. Saving Lee was an underrated pick in the second round. Zay Stewart. Who boy, when, I'm telling you, Ben Wallace 2.0, you just give this man the minutes for it. Sadiq Bey, one of the best shooters in the league last year. You know, Jeremy Grant averaged a dub last year for Detroit. Kate Cunningham coming in as the number one pick. Hami, and again, Hami Diallo, a project but solid. Second boy living up to his best, his, his utmost potential is Pascal Siakam. I promise you, Pascal Siakam in a nutshell. This team has the very makings of being one of the better there's more surprising teams in at least the Eastern Conference, maybe the entire league. I really do believe that. Why? Why do I feel like there'll be another, uh, you know, top three pick next year? I don't know. I don't want that. I want to take, you know, I want to progress. Maybe not be a playoff team, but maybe like 10th, 11th seed. I would genuinely enjoy that. But, but, they could be, you know, a playing team next year. Again, I wouldn't hate that. Even if we lost, I wouldn't hate the fact that we are a playing team with a rookie point guard, rookie shooting guard, essentially, in Kay Cunningham. You know, a second-year small forward, a power forward who everybody clowns on for only putting up numbers because he's on the Pistons, and a center who was laughed at for being taken at 16. That's going to be our starting five next year. And when I tell you we're going to be one of the bigger surprises next year, it's going to be it's going to be a fun. It's at the very least we'll have a fun team to watch. Even if we suck, if we win four games next year, it doesn't matter. This team will be fun to watch. That's all that matters to me, honestly. It's a leagues better than that 2019 playoff team that we had. Leagues better. But. So up to Dwayne Casey in the front office that I currently have 250% trust in. Next, final team. Again, this might not come as a surprise because, you know, they just were in the conference finals last year. But the Los Angeles Clippers will be surprising. Just this team will show how deep this roster is without Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi won't play next year, let's be honest. He's, you know, taking torn ACL. He ain't playing next year. They shouldn't play him next year, to be honest. Paul George is going to have this team running. He's going to have this team working next year. They got Eric Bledsoe on a trade. I think that was an excellent pickup. He will be a solid, at bare minimum, starter, uh, backup point guard, at very, very maximum, elite-level starting point guard. Like, I'm expecting Phoenix Suns' Eric Bledsoe on this Clippers team. And again, didn't really fit last year playing with, uh, you know, uh, New Orleans with Lonzo and Ingram and Zion all touching the ball. Eric Bledsoe is going to be a solid point guard for this team. Again, whether as a starter or coming off the bench, him and Reggie Jackson will be a really dynamic one-two combo in that backcourt. Paul George is still going to be an elite-level wing. 
you know, Marcus Morris is going to do Marcus Morris things. He'll probably put up 14, 15 a game, playing really good defense. Zubak will be a big man down low. That's not all I have for Zubak, to be honest with you. Luke Kennard will step up. Ter- uh, Terrence Mann will step up. Step up. Given the opportunity, Amir Coffey will step up. They, they got to sign some more bigs. They definitely are in need of some big men help. But all in all, this team is very much loaded. Again, this isn't even me mentioning their first-round pick, Keon Johnson. I think he will come in and play a Spurs a young Spurs Kawhi-esque role on this Spurs team, or in this Clippers team, I should say. And, you know, even if they, he plays a minuscule role and rarely ever touches the floor, he will be felt in that locker room. Kawhi will also be felt in that locker room. Paul George will be, his voice will definitely be heard in that locker room. And I can totally see this team being another 50, 55 plus one team. Maybe even, again, doubt it because the Lakers and the Suns and Nuggets and all those teams got better. And they're without their star. But you'll let them mess around and accidentally end up in the conference finals to see if I don't buy a Clipper jersey. This team is, like I said, this team is loaded, man. This team is deep. Still the deepest team in the league without their superstar. That is crazy to think about. They have legitimately 10 to 11 guys on this roster that can play elite level roles on this team. And I can't wait for the Clippers to, you know, you know, I want the Clippers to rise next year. So, so that's the end of the podcast. Um, if you missed the previous 23 episodes, there's, you know, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts right here on Anchor. If you know, if you want to check me on the socials, they're in the previous episodes. But if you know, if you missed those, obviously, you say make a 15 on Snapchat, say make a 15 on Twitter, say with the tray on Instagram. Uh, that's about it. Um, you, you know, it's all love at the end of the day. I love you. You love me. Let's love each other. See you.